Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and welcome to March the 30th, and we're going to pick up where we left off yesterday, of course. And we are talking about, Mrs. Harris, what are we talking about? Rules to earn full-time income uh, on a part-time schedule. Yep. And that can mean many things. That can mean that, you know, you're taking care of family, you're taking care of kids, some of you are taking care of your parents. It could be because you have a job job, as we're fond of calling it. Um, it could be because you're in the midst of transitioning out of something into real estate, but one way or the other, you've got limited time. So those are the people we're talking most about. And oddly enough, for all of you who think you're full-time in real estate, but you're earning part-time income, this also applies to you <laughs> yeah, because the exactly. exact same you know rules apply. So if you are quote unquote full-time in real estate, but not really earning a full-time you know wage, then uh, these points are salient. So don't just filter this information just because you think that somehow people that are part-time in real estate are somehow less than us full-timers. The reality of it is, and this is from you know gazillions of coaching calls over the last 20 years, that uh, a lot of part-timers are a heck of a lot more efficient with their time and actually will out-earn agents who claim to be full-time because of the fact that the part-timers don't have time to waste. They're going to get their work done on their you know, selected real estate days. Maybe it's a Friday, maybe it's Saturday and Sunday. They're going to focus on their goals and they're going to get back to work. And, you know, oftentimes we've also discovered a lot of people are smart enough to realize that where they work also can be the honey hole for leads and real estate transactions. So, you know, we need to think expansively because we're in this new generation or we're in this new sort of era of technology and whatnot. You're going to see a lot of people that are not going to just basically have a mindset of this is what you do day in and day out. They're going to have multiple, what do the kids call it, Julie, side hustles. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's right. Yeah. So if you missed the first uh, five rules about how to earn full-time income on a part-time schedule, then get caught up on your podcasts because we're starting with point number six. Uh, and the rule or the point is know what actually makes you money in real estate. There's a whole lot of things that sort of look like maybe they could someday possibly lead to a lead, but what actually makes you money in real estate and our longtime listeners have this list memorized but it's easy to memorize it because it's chronological. It starts with your most important job, which is generating the lead in the first place. Lead generation, we recommend to be prospecting based and marketing enhanced, and you don't even always have to go into the marketing part of that, but certainly Joy, generate you, the lead in the first place. You just said a bad word. I know, I said prospecting. I know you did, it slipped past you. No, she didn't say prospecting listeners, so those of you who are basically going into your safe places in your minds because you don't <laughs> want to ever think of yourself as a prospector, yeah. she meant proactive lead generation. That's right. Thank see, you for the correction See how that the translation. Sounds so, much, so, so you have to nerf up your words nowadays, Jules. I know, I know. Yeah. So generate the lead in the first place, then that makes you have to follow uh, furiously fast lead follow-up. That's critical. Some of you guys listening that have been around for a long time, that particular rule, when not if, when you apply that, you can immediately feel a difference in your business versus extra double super filtering, you know, and then sitting on the lead and wondering why they don't know who you are when you call back. So furiously fast lead follow-up then leads to pre-qualifying both buyers and sellers, presenting, negotiating, and closing, lather, rinse, repeat. Anything that's not on that list, I don't know why you're doing it. 
And here's a little secret. Those of you who are going to just be working in real estate part-time um, or those of you who are working full-time earning a part-time income, if you really want to get the most of your uh, actual work time in real estate, all you've got to do is really get good at three of maybe four of those activities. Proactive lead generation, um, you have to get good at obviously uh, pre-qualifying, presenting, and then really negotiating. If you get good at those three things and you're terrible at everything else, you're going to be wildly successful in real estate because guess what, listeners? Those are the three very things that most people never learn how to do. I'll say them again. Proactive lead generation, that's the uh, antithesis, the exact opposite of what most of you are doing. This is not buying leads. This is not being passive. This is not hoping and praying that the phone rings. The center of influence past client shows up on your radar. This is actually proactively going after the business. And that's primarily what we teach agents to do. Go after specifically listing business. That's what our coaching business is all about primarily. And then once you've you know learned how to do that, and it takes less work than you think. Most of the work it takes, well, all the work it takes is between your ears. But move you when you move into the realm of being a proactive lead generator, you'll experience this overwhelming feeling of freedom because you'll never be having to uh, buy your business or hoping that whoever you're spending your money with that month is going to deliver on what they promised in terms of actual leads. And I think if you're new in this business, just getting into this business, one of the smartest things you can do is never buy business. Because if you buy business, you're all you're, when you buy leads, you're always going to be beholden to somebody else. They're always going to be controlling your future. And all those sort of, uh, you know, those pathways, where you're buying your business, they always lead in the same place and that's where you started. You don't really make, you might make money, but you're not going to have any net income because all your money is going to go to buying more leads. That's just, you know, guys, that is what it is. So be a proactive lead generator. And the next thing, which is really critical, is you have to learn how to pre-qualify. Pre-qualifying for motivation, pre-qualifying for time frame. When you learn to be a really good pre-qualifier, and by the way, these are all scripted approaches. Now, I know I just said a uh, you know, a bad word. I said script, so we can change it. We can nerf that one up too. A script is nothing other than a conversation outline, right? That's proven to get you to the results that you and the seller want or the buyer in some cases. So the moral of the story here is take a business professional approach when you're proactively lead generating and when you're then, uh, you know, having these conversation outlines, AKA scripts. And then the last thing is really, um, then you have to learn how to present. Um, and then, you know, Julie would want me to throw on there and negotiate. That's important too, because this is a tough market. Yeah, especially now. But if you learn really the first three things, and obviously you're gonna have to learn the fourth one too. But on the seller side of things, there ain't no negotiating. Well, look at it this way: you <laughs> you won't have the fourth one to worry about if you're terrible at the first one or that's, two. That's you, 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 you won't always, have anything to negotiate. So when we're trying to get them to focus on uh, yeah. those three things, you always yeah. say the fourth one, and it's not that you're wrong. You're right, but the thing is, that if you're working with sellers in this market, you yeah. really aren't doing any negotiating. No, not when it comes to the actual contract. Not true negotiating. Yeah, and you, might, you know what is sad about that is there is a whole generation of agents that think that negotiating means choosing an offer. I know. Well, and, and you know it gets more complex than that, guys. But, but you, Julie, still, have you ever thought yeah. about what you just said though? Because hmm. it's really fascinating. If you could, if you came in this business and say, when the market after the big crash started to basically turn around, you've never sold in anything else other than a seller's market. Not even a balanced market. Not even a balanced yeah. market, right? You've always now if you're in, uh, say for example, selling condos in Miami or you're in New York. Mm-hmm. New York's a good example of where, you know, you know, basically markets can turn around just as fast as they go up, they yep. can come back down. And that started happening in earnest probably five or six years ago now, mm-hmm. really, where New York started to pivot. And now it's a buyer's market. But many of you, all of you, I have to say, probably like 14 of you listening and, you know, our podcast has tens of thousands of listeners. We're in the business long enough to know what it's like to sell and what we call a real market, you know, a market that's either in correction uh, towards a buyer's market or a, just an equilibrium market where there's a good, you know, 90 days worth of supply of homes. So there's no, you know, feeding frenzies for new listings like there are now. 
but you don't know, uh, and you, and the reality of it is, is you've been spoiled in a lot of ways. But now what's happening is, is if you've been working just primarily with buyers, you're not being spoiled, you're being tortured. The whole buyer end, and I don't want to go back over this necessarily unless you do, Jules, but listen to the podcast we did last week where we were talking about, in essence, the death of buyer agency. And it, yes, it was a dramatic, salacious title, but the reality of it is, is that is what's going on right now. Um, you know, there's a difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead. And many of you need to just simply accept the fact that you need to pivot and put all your best energies to working with sellers because the buyer into the business is becoming more competitive. It's actually requiring more skill almost than being you know, a listing agent. Um, and, and also your commissions are dropping. So there's really no real logical reason to be putting any best energies towards uh, you know, being a buyer's agent. So if you have a choice and you have a limited amount of time, which is all of you, whether you're full-time or part-time, whether you're a grizzled veteran or not, if you're trying to decide where to put your best energies every day, absolutely put them towards being a listing agent. And along those lines, a lot of you guys have been texting Julie and I asking about um, how to join our coaching company. I'll give you the fast track to do it. Just go to our website, timandjulieharris.com and go to coaching and sign up for Premier. If you, you know, Premier Coaching, if you want more specific information about our coaching programs, and you want to learn the success stories um, on the form of a webinar that we're doing this week, just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S to 855-685-1045. Text the word Harris um, and that's obviously H H A R R I S. I had to think about it for a second. That was weird. Eight five five six eight five ten forty five. So text the word Harris to eight five five six eight five ten forty five. And when you do, we'll text you back a link, and you can choose your day or time, uh, day and time to attend the webinar. And we're going to be interviewing six to eight of our top producing agents. You obviously then will have a lot of motivation and hopefully education to get you into action in your own market. But absolutely do it while you're thinking about it. Text the word Harris H A R R I S to 855-685-1045. All right. So point number uh, six was know what makes you money in real estate. We just talked about that. And point number seven is to do those things. Follow your schedule, which contains dollar productive activity. At least 75% of your real estate time should go to lead generation pre-qualifying and presenting, right? The rest of the time, you should be actually on appointments. So what that really means is if today's a day that you don't have appointments, spend 100% of your day doing those things that bring you closer to that paycheck. So actually following the schedule and when you get our Harris Rules book, when you text like Tim directed you a second ago, you're going to have access to our recommended schedule. And of course, depending on what hours you have to devote to real estate, you can slightly modify that. You're going to modify the time, not the activity. I didn't tell them how to get the free book. Oh, I'll do sorry. that in a second. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Uh, okay. So that was point number seven. Point number eight. Use a transaction coordinator for efficiency. It's worth it for you to not be stuck in the weeds when you could be generating, presenting, and closing. How many of you guys use the excuse that you couldn't generate anything new today because you were putting out fires, you were spinning your plates, you were taking care of your deals? So that's why the real estate gods created for you this thing called transaction coordinators. It is absolutely worth the money. And here's a shocking thing, Tim. There are people in the world who actually love to do that stuff, you know? But you know, Julie, this is how far on the wrong direction so many uh, people are going in our industry. Mm -hmm. I was listening to a clubhouse maybe a week or so ago, just popping in on different ones. And there were these supposed, you know, marketing gurus were giving agents advice on how to spend their time. And they were like giving them these daily uh, minimum standards. They weren't using these words, but it's the essence of what they were doing. That was all about content creation, yeah. all about making videos, all about doing you know YouTubes and Facebooks and all these other types of things. And they were actually, um, and these were people that never had sold real estate before. They had no real clue what the hell they were talking about in, in the realms of real estate. 
And here's the thing I want you guys never to forget. And again, if, you, if you've been in the business for a long time, you've maybe known this, but never had it said like I'm about to say it to you. So a lot of these marketing gimmicks and all these other sort of passive lead generation things, um, this is the reason that we will never tell you to do that as your primary source of business. We'll always tell you to be a proactively lead generation based and then marketing enhanced. And by the way, once you're proactively lead generation based, you might not ever choose to do any marketing and that includes social networking. And here's the reason why. Because the whole premise behind marketing and advertising is supposed to be to sell a product or to build brand awareness. And then with that brand awareness or building said product, then you're supposed to somehow magically, mystically, people are going to want to call you. That's just the big lie. That has always been the big lie, especially as it pertains to real estate. And I'll tell you why. Because your job in real estate is not worrying about your brand or your marketing or social media content. Your job in real estate is to help people buy and sell real estate. You don't have to go, I mean, it's not like you have to do a lot of uh, you know, marketing to find sellers. The sellers are in your marketplace right now and they have their hands in their air. And I'll tell you about one that you drove by today on the way to Starbucks. Remember that for sale by owner or that you know three for sale by owners? Or maybe they didn't eat your market so hot the Fizbos aren't even putting signs in their yard. They're just putting them on different for sale by owner sites. Those are people who are actual leads who have their hands in the actual air. Giving who, you their phone number. Giving you their phone number and saying, this is what I think my house is worth. Come look at it. And I'd like to sell it. And if you knew what to say and how to say it, they would actually list with you. All right. Now, why would you go to the extreme of trying to do all this, you know, marketing with the hoping and praying that somehow magically, mystically, you'll discover the very thing that you drove past today on the way to Starbucks? Does that make any sense to you? Why would you do that? I know why you're doing it because you don't know what to say. You don't know how to say it because you're nervous about actually going and having a real conversation with that seller. Like, here's a little secret for you. If you do happen to generate a listing lead from some of your marketing, magically, mystically, one day one, uh, something pops up, you're still going to feel exactly the same that you're going to be nervous to go talk to that seller. Your nerves in, in that very, uh, you know, the, the hesitation you have to go knock on that for sale by owner's door, that's because your subconscious mind is telling you you do not have the skills to earn that listing. You might fool someone in uh, to thinking that you have the skills to sell the listing from your fancy marketing. I mean, you can't throw a lot of filters on Instagram pictures, right? Yeah, I mean, seriously, you could somehow magically, mystically, you know, put a sold sign in some house that you never, you know, all kinds of little gimmicky things are being sold to realtors as things that are, you're supposed to be doing to generate leads. Well, you get that listing, you get that lead from that seller, you go over there, you're still not going to get the listing. They're not going to list with you because you don't have the skill set. You have to learn how to actually be a professional in this business or you're not going to make it. But really the best way for you to learn the fastest is definitely learn how to be a proactive lead generator and learn what Julie and I've been saying, what we've been saying in our book, Harris Rules, what we've been saying for so many years. You learn how to proactively lead generate. You learn how to pre-qualify. You learn how to present. The world is your oyster, especially in this business. That's exactly it. So we have point number nine, and this is to defeat the feeling that agents get when they get a little bit overwhelmed when things are working for them. And now I got to go build a team. No, 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 no. Point number nine, no agents to refer business to when you get overscheduled and track your referrals. Eliminate the feeling of, quote, what if what I'm doing really works? I'm not ready to handle it through referring when you have to. That's far superior to, you know, deciding that it's time to build your team just because you happen to have a really busy week. That's right. That, again, we said this yesterday, Julie, the two, well, this would be the th third biggest mistake that agents make in business right now. Mm -hmm. They're not proactively generators. That's number one. Number two is they, uh, you know, that's really number one, two, and three, if I'm being yeah. honest. Ne number two, they focus too much energy on being a buyer's agent. Mm -hmm. And number three, they try to form teams. Yes. And, and Julie just said something. I wonder how many of you are listening. If you have a team 
And Julian, I've done this dozens of times with different teams, even brokerages. There's a lot of brokerages that are just basically operate as big teams, providing leads to their agents. If you did a profit and loss statement on the buyer side of the transactions where you're providing leads, you're going to discover quickly that that side of the business makes no profit. So when you do a profit and loss statement on the whole business, what's happening is the profit from the listing side covers up the loss from the buyer agent side. Bottom line being is the listing side of the business is subsidizing the buyer agent side of the business. Now you're saying, well, Tim, I have these buyer leads. Well, you have the buyer leads because you're buying the buyer leads. Why don't you stop buying the buyer leads? Start there. Why don't you pivot your entire business and your entire approach to real estate and just focus on being a listing agent? Oh, Tim, what am I going to do with the buyer leads that come as a result? Do what Julie just said. You're going to refer those buyer leads out to agents in your marketplace, of which I think you guys know by now, there's tons of them, who will never learn how to be listing agents, who will always want to be buyer's agents. And you can send those leads to those buyers, those independent agents, um, and charge them a referral fee. And here's the punchline. The referral fee, even if it's only 25%, even if it's only 20%, you're going to make more profit from referring that business out to an independent agent than you ever would have that person been working for you as a buyer's agent. And you won't have to babysit them and run your adult daycare, daycare, AKA team. Yeah. And because they're only getting one or two leads here and there from you, they're much more appreciative and actually do that versus saying, oh, you know, that lead wasn't good enough and give me 10 more that I can, you know, maybe or maybe not call. Well, they, they, well to your point, Jules, mm -hmm. I mean, the best, once a buyer's agent that's working as part of a team gets even moderately good, they leave the team. Sure they do. Oh, sure. They're just or, or, and or, they will only close what makes, you know, sense for them financially, right? So if they can live on five grand a month, who cares if you're giving them $20,000 worth of leads, they're back, just going to do one. Back to your previous point. Yeah. So when an, when an agent actually gets good and likes the buyer agent lifestyle, which I don't know, that sounds insane to me, but let's just say there are, because there are agents out there that, there. That, that, that like that. Now, again, in this market, they're getting brutalized, but there it is. Find those agents, listing agents, and refer those buyer leads to those agents. And then, like Julie said, find three or four of them. And these are people who already run their own businesses. These are people that are going to be a hell of a lot more efficient than if you had a bunch of buyer's agents working for you. Yes. They're not going to take your business for granted. You know, they're not going to just say the lead was terrible. Send me 50 more leads so I can call those terrible too because I really don't want to work it. I mean, that's the point. point. Yeah. And you're going to make more profit. And you know, by, These and, are called referral partners, by right. the way. This has started to get some more uh, legs out there. Referral which, partners, not that's different than a buyer's agent. Which, by the way, you and I thought of that business model. Yeah. That was something you and I created when we looked at all these profit and loss statements from all these teams, especially after the real estate bust. Absolutely. We, we, we took on all these big teams, some of the the biggest names in real estate, they all came to us because what happened is their profit, their, you know, their business evaporated. And then they tried to keep their business afloat. You know, the buying of the leads, the buyer's agents, the office rents, the moving trucks, the billboards. So they tried to keep those businesses and all that, the, uh, the perceptions or the flashes of success. Well, they and, had to feed the monster, didn't they? Right. They had to feed the monster. The monster eats even if you're not, you know, basically generating business. Um, and then what happens is the monster starts to eat you. And that's what they did. They used their personal savings. A lot of them went through bankruptcy. And then they said, I don't know what else to do. How do I do this? And then we retooled their entire businesses and made them incredibly profitable. And the most profitable, most successful real estate people are almost always the ones you've never heard of because they just keep their head down, helping their customers, making money, reinvesting that money and becoming rich. You don't, we don't in real estate celebrate people like that. Because they, generally speaking, have their egos in check. They're not out there trying to be on the covers of, you know, whatever you're trying to be on the cover of nowadays or Instagram star. And it goes back to the question that Julie and I always like to ask you guys, and this is sort of off topic, but it's worth thinking about. 
you have to choose. You do. You cannot have both. You have to choose between rich and being being rich and being famous. You have to choose, because it is a philosophy of life and business. If you are trying to be famous, you will do that at the it, by sacrificing the opportunity to be rich. You will spend all of the money that you earn trying to be famous because you think that's your payoff. And for some of you, if your ego is out of whack in particular, you will, uh, you know, you might succeed. You might become famous, but you're not going to be rich. You're not going to have anything to show for it. But here's a little, I'll give you a little window into your future. The older you get, the more you're going to wish you would have chosen to be rich. And that's true for every single person. So when you see all this social networking crap, you got to cut through it and see it for what it is. All they're trying to do is placate your desire to be famous and they're trying to feed your own ego. And uh, then they maybe can uh, sell you into the idea that maybe one day, someday, somehow, someone's going to send you business because they watched a video. You guys have to see that that's just basically a very elegant lie. Because at the end of the day, if you're in the, this business to help people and make money, why don't you just do the real work of real estate? Call the sellers who actually have their hands in their air saying, yes, I want to sell my house. Everything comes from that. That's right. Especially the profit part of that comes from that. Remember, your product is profit. Point number 10, we're talking about how to make that full-time income when you have limited time. Number 10, uh, discuss with your spouse, your family, et cetera, et cetera, what it's going to actually take for you to succeed and actually get their support. There's nothing worse than trying to do everything that we're talking about, but not having those conversations and having you know your spouse or significant other wonder what in the world you're doing with all that supposedly extra time, not have that support and make that, you know, that much more difficult. And explain to them, you know, when you do what you're supposed to do in real estate, when you're doing the real work, it's, it is, uh, it can be boiled down to not that many hours as long as you're being efficient at it, right? It's amazing what, what people with the, the uh, smaller amounts of time, it's like you don't have to argue about stuff like this with them, like who to call. They're like, what's my fastest path to a listing? And then they do it. So Most of the time. I'm writing something. I don't know if I showed this to you, but I was working on something. It was mm -hmm. sort of traits of the ultra successful or mm -hmm. ultra something like along those lines. And the first one, the first point, I should actually find that. You'll like that. Maybe I can give it yeah. to you and you can help me finish it because you'll make it better than what I was going to write. Let's make that into a podcast series. Yeah, that was the idea. But I'll find it. It was a little bit of an outline for something. But anyway, the gist of it was point number one is that the ultra successful people don't wait for external things to pressure them to do what they don't want to mm. do and they don't want to do it at the highest level. Point. Yeah. That was the number one thing. And that's something that if you think about that, most people won't actually do what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level until the pain of not doing it is vastly more than the pain of doing it or the perceived pain of doing it is, is basically the real pain of not doing it. I mean, we tell the story all the time about, um, you know, what's his name? Uh, Mano, or, um, uh, um. Monet. Monet, yeah, yeah. Coaching client named Monet. And the story goes, he was basically really, really overweight. And he'd go to the doctor year in, year out. The doctor said, you're, you know, have diabetes and your diabetes is going to cause you to lose blood flow to your extremities. And those extremities are going to, you know, have to be, you know, cut off surgically and all the rest of it. He never listened, never listened. And then finally goes into the doctor's office. He is having problems walking or something. His foot was really swollen. And the doctor said, well, we have to schedule you for a surgery or remove your foot. And now this was not new information that he was on this path he knew eventually at least he you know should have known is the doctor been telling him and by the way Mano, uh, Mano, Monet. Monet was is the one that told me this story and um, he this was all before he hired Julie and I as uh, a coach so he then uh, loses because of that he, no so here he was he was facing down losing an appendage 
And it wasn't until that very moment that he actually decided that I don't want to lose my foot, so I'm actually going to lose the weight. And not only did he lose the weight, but he overcorrected and he got on like the cover of a men's fitness magazine or something. <laughs> he turned you know, it on. It was unbelievable. But that's how most people react. So most of you sure. won't actually do anything um, with your lives unless something exterior outside of you is going to somehow threaten you, somehow going to take something away. And that's the other thing you guys have to understand from motivation. Nobody really is motivated by moving towards something. The whole carrot of the stick argument is a bit bogus. Everybody is motivated by the fear of losing something you already have, just like the example I just gave you of Monet. So if you want to, how to translate all this, here's how to do it. Create a feeling of losing what you're already, already what you already have, and do that every morning. Manifest something that actually can cause you to feel that fear. Feeling fear, fear has a definite benefit as long as it doesn't obviously overwhelm you. A conscious uh, adaptation of your fear mechanism is one of the superpowers that all of us have. But maybe in the in morning, which is generally speaking where we want you to do most of your work, and you only have to really work intensely in your business for two or three hours a day. Maybe really only two if you, once you get efficient. When you're at doing it. the right work. Right, when you're doing the right work. Um, but when you sign up for our coaching program, you learn to do what we ask you to do, you're going to find that your business actually is rather boring. And that's what you want. You want a boring business. You want a business, a boring, predictable business that produces, you know, boring, predictable profit. Mm -hmm. That's ultimately what you want. And by the way, Julie mentioned earlier uh, the Real Estate Treasure Map book, and that's our fill-in-the-blank business plan that includes a suggested daily schedule, includes basically everything a lot of you guys need. And if you've been in the business for a long time and you haven't downloaded and completed the Treasure Map, you really ought to do it because it's going to give you a lot of clarity. And yes, this book is available on Amazon, but you don't need to buy it. Um, you know, don't buy it. Let us give it to you. And all you've got to do is text 2021. Text the numbers 2021-2021 to 855-685-1045. Text 2021 to 855-685-1045. When you do, we're going to text you right back a link and you just go download the books. No strings attached. It's not just the real estate treasure map, but it's also Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, uh, your 12-month lead generation plan, and a lot of other great books. So just text away 2021 to 855-685-1045. Yes, and the last two points are fairly easy for you to do something about. Point number 11, ask for help when you need it, Tim. Just told you how to do that. Part-time agents are common and welcome in all of our coaching programs. We've got pilots, firefighters, teachers. We have an actual rocket scientist, for example. Okay, yep. a real one I checked. So yes, ask for help. Don't wing it. Don't try and lace things together by free downloads from Googling everything. Get some actual help. Point number 12, don't listen to anyone who tells you that you can't do it. It's not up to them. It's up to you. Adapt or adopt the, if it's up to me, if it, I'm sorry, if it's meant to be, it's up to me mentality and take massive action daily. I mean, I don't know why you guys listen to people that haven't done what you want to do and why you search out weird places to get that kind of advice. I guess it's because it's free and it's easy for you to do, but you know, it's you work get theater, what you pay for too. But it's work yeah. theater. I mean, yeah, that's, that's what it is. People, sure. people, so it, when, when agents listen to what we're saying, there's no way any of them will listen and not think that what we're saying will help them make money. Right. There's no I, way I anyone. So. It's like when I asked you yesterday, like, why would somebody not want to sign up for our, our coaching program? Why would someone not want to listen to yeah. what we say and apply it? And the answer is because we're asking them to do real work. Yeah. And the other answer and because is they're having to be more accountable. Well, the other answer is, is mm -hmm. because a lot of people are more comfortable in the starting gates than they are actually deciding to go out sure. and run the track. Because mm -hmm. if they go on the run on the track, they're going to then have to compete. And then they might, their subconscious ego that's telling them they might not actually be as fast as they think they are mm -hmm. on the track. So All as true. long as they stay in the gates, they can just in their heads tell them yeah. that they're actually, you know, race winners 
uh, and they just keep on, you know, sure. reinst- reinstating that or surrounding themselves with other people that are back and, you know, but haven't see, even that's, started that, yet. But, and I know you know this, but for our listeners, that's not actually work. That's, you know, literally in the stages of mastery or the stages of learning, that's called formulation. Yep. Which is getting ready to get started to maybe put your plan together if you feel like it. And, you know, what's the saying in the South? If God willing and if the creek doesn't rise. Yeah. Right. So if you stay in formulation all the time, you're not actually doing the work. You're just getting ready to do the work. Are we technically in the South because we live in Puerto Rico? I just had my grandma's voices in my head. I know. <laughs> Southern Ohio. Yeah. God willing and if the creek don't rise. That's how you say it. Exactly. But uh, yeah, getting the point across. But that's formulation is not actually doing the work. It's the getting ready to do the work. It can look like work because, you know, you're filling out your business plan, stuff like that. But it's not the things that will actually bring you a paycheck. Yeah, that's it. So, guys, listen, your uh, your suggested course of action for today is if you've not done it yet, get our book, Harris Rules. It is the, as it says on the cover, a real estate agent's practical, no BS, step-by-step guide to becoming rich and free. Get the book. Think about what we're saying. Realize that we're not in there telling you to buy a bunch of leads and do a bunch of stuff on just the hoping and praying that it's going to generate a business, you know, generate business for you. We're telling you what to do, how to do it, when to do it. Everything that you need to know on how to build your real estate business. Practical, tactical, that's what we're all about. Do something with this information, guys. Don't just stay in that formation stage. I've had so many people that have come to Julie and I, especially in really the last 12 months. And, you know, they're our age, they're older, and some of them are a little bit younger. And they're saying, I've been listening to you guys forever, but I wanted to, you know, I wanted to see if I could do it an easier way. I wanted to see if I could hack it. I wanted to see if I maybe, you know, the, the fun stuff is going to somehow get me into the end zone. And I realized what you guys have been saying has been and always will be the truth. And I now need to basically suck it up buttercup, another Southern saying, mm-hmm. and I actually need to get to work. So that, if you're at that point, don't fight that. That is your, uh, that is your future self. Uh, telling your present self to get off your uh, butts and actually learn to actually become the best version of yourselves as real estate professionals. It will take work. It will take skill. It will take effort. It will take dedication. And you're going to fall down a few times. And guess what? You can get back up and you're then finally going to have the real estate business that you've always wanted to have. And it doesn't have to be predicated on buying leads and running a profitless business. So take these things seriously. If there's anything we can do for you guys, if you want to talk to us about joining our EXP family, please do consider texting me directly at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, have a fantastic day and we'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.